0: Conservative?
1: You bet. Controversial? Right again. It's time to squabble on the Jim Benson Show.
2: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Jim Benson Show, conservative talk radio covering the issues that concern you here on the BBS radio network. If you've listened to previous episodes of this show and or listened viewed listened to and or viewed other conservative podcasts, you know about the deep state, a.k.a. the administrative state, a.k.a. the swamp. In other words, the appallingly corrupt, usually radically left-wing, and dangerous political establishments centered in Washington, D.C., but president, present around the country to a greater or lesser extent through the Democratic Party and the Republican, members of the Republican Party, also known as "rhinos," that is, Republicans in name only, who were aligned with these people. In terms of their threat to our current constitutional republic and democratic way of life, these people are hell-bent to destroy America as we have known it. By and large, the deep state's operatives, many of whom work behind the scenes in America's political life, appear to be aligned with communist China and its totalitarian system of government. These deep state fools, just like their predecessors the world over, who in the past have supported totalitarian communist states, believe that the world will somehow be better off, much better off, if the great masses of its populations are turned into virtual slaves and perpetual servitude to some all-powerful world government. Even more bizarre, since history is replete with evidence to the contrary, they, that is our deep state supporters and operatives, seem to actually believe that they are somehow going to become or remain rich and powerful under a future somehow utopian world government. With the Chinese Communist Party's political apparatus being the model for, world, for this world government. As Florida Congressman Waltz has observed, the whole country, that is the USA, is a wash in Chinese communist money. The CCP has stated repeatedly, repeatedly that their goal, as has always been the goal of communism, is to dominate the world. The United States, therefore, must be defeated since its form of government with abundant freedoms and individual rights stands in the way of this longstanding CCP goal. It's no secret that the CCP has for decades now been diligently working to corrupt and ultimately destroy the USA. And the CCP's tentacles of influence are everywhere in our society. People are waking up to this, but not enough, in my opinion. And we have warring factions, ideologically warring factions in our country today. The people who want to oppose this and the people who want to support this idea of world government, communist-oriented world totalitarian government. I consider communist China a gigantic money laundering operation, being milked for enormous profits by our elites, along with their compatriots of the CCP, from the rigged and corrupt Chinese economy. Remember, the communists, and others on the political left always accuse you of what they are doing to confuse and distract those benighted souls who don't see through these methods of political trickery and lies. And these methods have become all the more effective now that so many of our elites are the willing minions and financial supporters of the communists. This having been so profitable for our elites over so many years now. With these things in mind, It's not surprising to have seen our political establishment rise up and execute the real coup of the 2020 election and after elections, whereby Donald Trump, who poses a grave threat to our elites and their CCP money laundering operation, was removed as president. Joe, my son, has not made money in China. Biden was installed in the White House and other political candidates favorable to the deep state and the CCP have been elected. Shockingly and sadly, our judiciary has largely turned a blind eye to all this and refused to help us expose it to the American people. And there are reasons for this, which I've gone into in the past, but we won't go into it further here. If you've listened to prior episodes of this program, you've heard my discussions of 2020 and 22 elections, and the 2022 elections, and ballot fraud, and the allegations of numerous from numerous sources that communist China has been deeply involved in it through cyber attacks. Retired US Air Force Lieutenant General Thomas McKinnerty. Election integrity activists Mike Lindell, Patrick Byrne, and others have alleged that CCP operatives have waged massive cybertext on U.S. electronic election equipment, manipulating votes for Joe Biden and other CCP and/or deep state favored candidates. This has allegedly been done via the use of a top-secret CIA surveillance supercomputer system known as the Hammer, and an elections interference program used with it called Scorecard. If true. How could this have happened without collusion on the part of rogue present and or former members of our intelligence community? Our own U.S. government cybersecurity infrastructure and security agency, CISA, has admitted, along with many security experts nationwide, that our electronic election equipment is dangerously vulnerable to hacking and vote manipulation. But CISA has said they haven't observed any such attacks. Obviously, they haven't looked as has been observed by election integrity attorney Kurt Olson and others. And the same can be said of the many allegations of massive ballot fraud, particularly in the key swing states that have decided the outcomes of our recent elections. Our courts and corrupt government establishments have largely refused to investigate and continue to do so, while one way or another supporting the deep state's effort to prosecute Donald Trump and destroy him legally and politically. Witness Rhino, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp's refusal to help the state's legislators' efforts to investigate corrupt Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis for the recent indictment of Trump at 18 of his supporters for questioning the results of the 2020 election in Georgia. You know, Georgia, where along with several other swing states, all those hundreds of thousands of mystery vote, mysterious votes for Joe Biden came pouring in in the middle of the night or late in the night on election day and early the next morning, handing the presidency to Joe Biden, a.k.a. Robert L. Peters, and the other pseudonyms he's used on thousands of emails communicating with his son, Hunter, which are about to be investigated by our Congress people. I've seen several other suspicious, I've seen several rather suspicious photos of Brian Kemp with Chinese communist officials at a CCP facility in Houston, I believe it was some type of uh, – well, I'm not quite sure what it was, but uh, that's what's in Houston, Texas. It was later shut down by the Trump administration over espionage concerns. And there was even video I saw on YouTube of Brian Kemp on, on a CCP government website welcoming CCP companies – that is, anything in China, since nothing works with the CCP in China – to do business in Georgia. And just when you thought things could not be any more corrupt and crazy regarding our deep state and its persecution and bogus prosecutions of Donald Trump, media personality Tucker Carlson has just predicted that Trump's assassination would be the next step of these crazies since these monsters and our government apparatus have failed to stop Trump and everything else they've tried with everything else they've tried. We'll hear more about this from Tucker in a moment. By the way, Carlson, whose immensely popular TV show Tucker Carlson Tonight was canceled by Fox, whose largest shareholder I believe is none other than the establishment major corporation uh, BlackRock. But uh, anyway, Tucker Carlson also made a prediction that we are going to go to war with Russia in the next year or so. And for that, he's been called a dead man walking by a Russian sp- spokesperson. Actually, a, a sort of he's considered a mouthpiece for the Russian government. But uh, it, he, what he, what basically I understand you are saying is that he, Tucker is exposing our deep state, which has a lot of money, the establishment in supplying arms and so forth to Ukraine in the Russian-Ukraine war. And since he's exposing this, Tucker then will also be assassinated. Here's Trump talking about what is now being called the most important election in U.S. history, the 2024 election. That's what some call the 2022 and 2020 elections, but we lost most of the critical contest in those elections. Now that we failed to successfully contest those elections, everyone is turning to our next big election in 2024. As conservative commentator David Horowitz in his new book, Final Battle, states on its cover, the next election could be the last. It's obvious to me that, and other observers, I believe, many other observers, that Joe Biden serves the Communist Party USA with its radical policies of promotion of the climate change, fraud, and hysteria, along with equally destructive and chaotic ideas such as LGBTQ agenda, murderous hatred of white people. Remember, white remember white supremacists are the major threat to our country. Defunding locally controlled law enforcement in order to establish a nationalized police force of serving to the communist left, open borders to help facilitate the overrunning and destruction of America, etc. But more importantly, Joe Biden is deeply compromised by the CCP, which has undisputedly lined his and his family members pockets with tens of millions of dollars. And Joe has helped out the CCP whenever and wherever he can, while at the same time trying to appear protective of the U.S. for propaganda purposes. Examples of this? His sudden, almost overnight withdrawal from Afghanistan, handing that country over to CCP influence and intimidation, along with Afghanistan's Bagram Air Base, just 400 miles from the Chinese border. I had read that. Chinese. It was reported that Chinese People's Liberation Army military aircraft were landing at Bagram within hours of the U.S. pullout. When he took office, Joe Biden ended Trump's special Department of Justice program to root out CCP influence and criminal activity in the U.S. There are investigations that still go on for this in the Department of Justice, but the robustness of that program was more significant than what we have now. Biden reversed Trump's policy on purchasing and implementing powerful Chinese-made transformers controlling our national electric grid, and he's allowed CCP-controlled firms to bid and work on our electric grid, a clear threat to national security. And of course, this part of the climate change hysteria is the push toward electric vehicles, which cause enormous pollution to create and benefit China, since China produces most of the rare metals needed for these electric batteries and other components of the electric cars. And also produces a lot of electric batteries, or at least components of them. And while undoubtedly approving of and supporting the Communist Party USA's policies, I just referenced, due to their creating chaos and weakening of America, the CCP itself refuses to allow LGBTQ issues in Chinese society. It talks in support of climate change madness, but has done very little in support of its hair, of that harebrained concept in China. Continuing to rape the Chinese people and environment, pursuing its ruthless and predatory economic policy of growth at any cost. They must be laughing at us with all this hysteria over the climate, banning gas stoves and stepping back from further exploration and supply of natural gas and oil, while the Chinese build new power plants with coal, fire powered, and other. Conventional fossil fuel energy sources every day, and continue importing large amounts of natural gas and and oil. Some of it from our national secure uh, national petroleum reserve, thanks to Joe Biden. On some of the many recent videos posted by Trump on his True Social website and distributed elsewhere on the web, I saw Trump stating that Biden is a Manchurian candidate badly compromised by the CCP, and that Biden is surrounded by very dangerous communists and fascists. I have to agree. These people have been breaking their laws and committing treasonous acts, in my opinion. They will stop at nothing to stop Trump and the people supporting him. Of course, they have a lot to lose if they're caught because they've been acting illegally. And Trump has a plan to do this. Therefore, I, I can you can see what a threat he is. Now, whether he's able to accomplish that or not will remain to be seen, but we have a long way to go. How are we going to stop them controlling our elections, which is what I believe is going on here? That hasn't been stated. Here's Trump discussing the 2024 election in one of these recent video posts. Play sound by one, please.
1: Left-wing lunatics are trying very hard to bring back COVID lockdowns and mandates with all of their sudden fear-mongering about the new variants that are coming. Gee whiz, you know what else is coming? An election. They want to restart the COVID hysteria so they can justify more lockdowns, more censorship, more illegal drop boxes, more mail-in ballots, And trillions of dollars in payoffs to their political allies heading into the 2024 election. Does that sound familiar? These are bad people. These are sick people we're dealing with. But to every COVID tyrant who wants to take away our freedom, hear these words. We will not comply. So don't even think about it. We will not shut down our schools. We will not accept your lockdowns. We will not abide by your mask mandates. And we will not tolerate your vaccine mandates. They rigged the 2020 election and now they're trying to do the same thing all over again by rigging the most important election in the history of our country, the 2024 election, even if it means trying to bring back COVID. But they will fail because we will not let it happen. When I'm back in the White House, I will use every available authority to cut federal funding to any school, college, airline or public transportation system that imposes a mask mandate or a vaccine mandate. Thank you very much.
2: But again, exactly how are we going to defeat the deep state and CCP and actually win this critical next election, Mr. President? I agree that we must not comply with this latest COVID-19 hysteria, which is being used to justify new lockdowns, mass mandates, and yet more election cicanery to ensure the deep state again wins our next big election. But what about the massive elections, equipment, cyber attacks, and ballot fraud? What is the plan exactly to prevent and defeat that? I haven't heard much about it. As I mentioned earlier, Tucker Carlson was recently featured on the Adam Carolla podcast, in which Tucker stated, quote, if you begin with criticism, then you go to protest, then you go to impeachment. Now you go to indictment and none of them work. What's next? Graph it out, man. We are speeding towards assassination, obviously. They have decided that there's something about Trump that is so threatening to them, they just can't have it, end quote. Here is the audio segment from Adam Carolla's podcast with Tucker with a little more detail. Play, soundbite, two please. What do you think
3: the future holds? Is it... I don't know. I I mean, are they going to let Trump be president? Of course. I mean, look, if, uh, you know, they protested him. They called him names. He won anyway. They impeached him twice on ridiculous pretenses. They... fabricated a lot about what happened on january 6th in order to impeach him again it didn't work he came back then they indicted him it didn't work he became more popular then they indicted him three more times and every single time his popularity rose so if you begin with criticism then you go to protest then you go to impeachment now you go to indictment and none of them work what's next i mean you know graph it out man we're speeding toward assassination, obviously, and no one will say that. But I don't I don't know how you can't reach that conclusion. You know what I mean? Like they have decided permanent Washington. Both parties have decided that there's something about Trump that's that's com- so threatening to them. They just can't have him. I mean, they're putting him on trial in March of next year in the J6 case which basically consists of trying to send him to prison for the rest of his life for complaining about the last election. That's literally what it is. Again, if this were happening in Moldova, the State Department would issue an all hands on deck order to let the world know this is not a legitimate government. And yet our government is doing it. It's like it it's it's really it's hard to overstate how bad this is. And I'm not I, I don't. I don't know where it's going, but there's a collision that's clearly imminent. And by the way, the president is senile in a way that's impossible to deny. Biden's not running the government, you know, so like, I don't know. I've never been this worried about anything as I am about where this is going.
2: Here's commentary by Dr. Steve Turley recently on apparent collusion between corrupt Fulton County, Georgia, Democrat District Attorney Fannie Willis and deep state Republicans, Democrats and the government plotting to destroy Trump. Willis, as you know, has orchestrated the latest indictment of Trump, this time in Georgia. Please play soundbite three. So there appears to be coordination between
4: the deep state in D.C. and the Fulton County D.A. to deliberately cover up The corruption behind the David Weiss fiasco, remember Merrill Garland, who is objectively speaking an abject disaster of an attorney general. He appointed David Weiss as a special counsel to investigate Hunter Biden, even though Weiss is the very one who gave Hunter that sweetheart special plea deal designed specifically to cover up Joe Biden's criminality. So as you would expect, the appointment was a public relations disaster. Recent ABC poll found that only 30% of voters express any semblance of trust in the integrity and independence of the investigation. The vast majority are just laughing at it, so blatant. So it was a disaster, and according to Gingrich, they needed a diversion to take attention away from the corruption that's infested itself in the highest levels of our federal government. So now we got this probe into the Fulton County DA's office being launched by a Congressional Oversight Committee, and we got Arizona Congressman Andy Biggs introducing a bill to defund Fannie Willis. It's a bill that's actually called the Willis Act. Have you heard about this? It stands for Withholding Investments from Lawless Litigators in States Act. It's absolutely brilliant. At the same time, as we saw earlier, we got Georgia State Senator Colton Moore calling for a special legislative session to investigate whether this political indictment was politically motivated.
5: Hello, everyone. It's Senator Colton Moore coming to you from the Fulton County Jail. Today, Donald Trump who have been taken political prisoner are gonna be booked in this jail. The 200,000 people that
4: I represent who sweat hard every day for their tax dollars, they don't want their tax dollars
5: funding this corrupt district attorney, Bonnie Willis. We as a legislature, me as a senator, we have a job to do. We have a constitutional duty to provide oversight against executive and judicial officers. And that's why I'm demanding that we call a special session today. Defund Bonnie Willis of any Georgia tax money and start the investigation into her. Contact your state representative. Contact your state senator. Demand a special session.
4: We've got work to do. We've got a country to save. Now, obviously, Colton Moore is not alone in this call. Uh, Republican congressional candidate Anthony Sabatini originally tweeted out, the Georgia legislature must call special session tomorrow and immediately subpoena Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis tomorrow. In the meantime, freeze all funds to her office. Any Republican, especially in Georgia, not calling for this must be eliminated from office. The problem here, of course, as he's alluding to, is that Georgia's Republican dominated legislature is also governed at the top by the feckless establishment Rhino. Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, who's refusing to call a special session. And you also have Georgia Attorney General Chris Carr, again, a Republican, who's refusing to step in and get involved in the motion that was filed to remove the case from state court to federal court even though Georgia state law requires the attorney general to be involved in any state criminal case that could be removed to federal court. So we talked about this on Friday's live stream. A Republican attorney general in Georgia could shut this circus down this very second, but he refuses to do so. And it's all because these feckless rhino establishment hacks are all in on it. They want Trump indicted. They want Trump taken out. So this is going to require the people rising up against their feckless rhino establishment and holding their feet to the fire. And that's what we all have to do. We all have to stand up and make sure those who claim to represent us shut the circuits down for good and hold these reckless lawfare practitioners accountable.
2: I've been thinking along the lines of it's time for a new political party, but there may not be time to do that before the 2024 election. It could be disastrous if it's not done right. But we have so many of these corrupt Republicans. That's the reason we're having all this trouble. Is because the Republican Party is not united on this. The, bait, the great masses of Republicans support Trump, but the leadership and many members of holding public office who are Republicans more lean to, more toward the deep state. So, uh, again, just how are we going to hold these deep state operatives, a number of whom are now our elected representatives, accountable when they control our elections? That's what I'm saying, and that's what many other people are saying. To provide more perspective on just how corrupt much of the leadership in our government establishment has become, here's audio from a recent analysis on this by a comment- by commentator Mark Levin on his Life, Liberty, and Levin TV program.
5: Play soundbite four, please. We really need to take a step back and see what's happening to our country. I couldn't be happier that you're here this evening. There was a great philosopher. He didn't live that long, but a great philosopher in the 1800s. His name was Frederick Bastiat. He wrote a little book called The Law. Ronald Reagan had that book, among many other books, on his bookshelves at his home. Because what the man said was incredibly profound and i want to quote him very very briefly to lay the foundation for what i want to get to with you this evening he said the law perverted and the police powers of the state perverted along with it the law i say not only turned from its proper purpose but made to follow an entirely contrary purpose the law become the weapon of every kind of greed instead of checking crime the law itself is guilty of the evils it is supposed to punish. He said, unfortunately, law by no means confines itself to its proper functions. And when it has exceeded its proper functions, it has not done so merely in some inconsequential and debatable matters. The law has gone further than this. It has acted in direct opposition to its own purpose. The law has been used to destroy its own objective. It has been applied to annihilating the justice that it was supposed to maintain, to limiting and destroying rights, which its real purpose was to respect. The law has placed the collective force at the disposal of the unscrupulous who wish without risk to exploit the person, liberty, and property of others. It has converted plunder into a right in order to protect plunder, and it has converted lawful defense into a crime, in order to punish lawful defense. That was written almost 200 years ago, and that is exactly what's happening to our country today with the Democrat Party and this Marxist movement. Let's just take a big picture look here. Let's look at the federal level, the judges, the Department of Justice, as applies to former president and candidate Donald Trump. In Washington, they used a D.C. grand jury to bring Florida charges. Venue shopping in violation of Department of Justice rules for prosecutors and grand juries. Grand jury abuses by the so-called special counsel, including the denial of attorney-client privilege and due process to the former president. That is using attorney-client privilege information, discussions with your lawyer and lawyer's notes with a grand jury in which you don't have a lawyer there, in which you can't provide exculpatory information, in which you cannot challenge anything. We have a prosecutor working for Jack Smith, who's accused of extorting a lawyer seems pretty serious to me. That is, he said he would help him get a judgeship in exchange for telling his client to turn state witness against former President Trump. Where is that now? It's being investigated in secret by the chief judge of that district, who's another Obama appointee. We've heard nothing. Former president, as I said, stripped of attorney client privilege. And that was done in secret by another Obama judge. We have no idea why that occurred, and her order remains secret. We're talking about a former president, the leading Republican nominee for president, and all these secret trial activities going on. Former president was stripped of his executive privilege authority to protect his conversations with his former vice president and his staff while he was president of the United States. That's never been done before. No attorney-client privilege, no executive privilege criminalized a document dispute using a search warrant, a SWAT team from the FBI and seized records. Never done before in American history. An abuse of law, the most aggressive use of the law to do something which is really outrageous. A secret search warrant we just heard from another Obama judge allowing the government to seize all communications. The former president had on Twitter, including private communications again, Trial by secrecy in a Democrat courtroom with a Democrat judge, a Democrat prosecutor, a Democrat grand jury, Democrat future jury. Now, why was that done in secret? The bogus argument. Well, if he finds out that we're looking at his Twitter account, he may flee the country. Yeah, he'll leave his family. He'll leave Mar-a-Lago. He'll leave it all. He'll just flee the country. Now, how ridiculous is that? Now, what have they done? They use an 1871 Ku Klux Klan statute. A 2002 Enron statute and financial obstruction statute, none of which have anything at all to do with January 6th. They used the 1917 Espionage Act, which was passed by Woodrow Wilson to imprison his political opponents. Sound familiar? And it was applied against Eugene Debs, who was running for president on the Socialist Party, and he ran while he was in prison. I guess that's what the Biden administration thinks ought to happen now. Piling charges, as we say, that is making multiple criminal charges from a single event, just piling them on, piling them on. Now, why do they do that? Because they just want one conviction. And they want a jury to sit there and say, look, we got 40 charges here in the document case. All right, let's let's find guilty on one or two of them, and we'll clear them of the rest. That's what's going on. Every dirty trick imaginable. There's been relentless leaking of investigative, sensitive, and even concealed information to the media. In particular, Maggie Haberman at The New York Times to The Washington Post and the CNN. And I've demonstrated here. I have examples of over 40 leaks from this prosecutor in the Department of Justice in the past six months in violation of federal law to destroy the objectivity of any jury pool. And as for The New York Times, I want you to remember something. Their reporter in Moscow was a Stalin mouthpiece during the Holocaust. Their bureau chief in Berlin was a Hitler mouthpiece while they covered up the Holocaust. I want to remind you, the New York Times helped install Fidel Castro, who had 28 guerrilla militia behind him. That was it, to overthrow the government in Cuba, which was, which was a corrupt government, but still, it wasn't a communist regime. And now the New York Times is trying to overthrow this government. In Atlanta, outrageous. Leaked district attorneys' grand jury charges before the grand jury even met to vote on the charges. Indicted 19 individuals, including the former president, for exercising their free speech rights, organizing a challenge to an ongoing political campaign for president, seeking dual electors in an extremely close election, which, by the way, is done often, providing legal advice, lobbying state officials, and then accusing them all, because of all these so called phony charges, of mob action, that is, RICO, a mob law, a grand conspiracy to obstruct and overturn the election. In other words, they were charged for routine political activity. The DA, who represents only Fulton County, Georgia, county prosecutor, nonetheless claims to use evidence involving six other states outside of Georgia, uses allegations made by the Pelosi January 6th committee, which have since destroyed God knows how much material that they collected on that committee, in order to prevent the former president from using any exculpatory information that they may have come across to defend himself. This is a federal matter, not a state matter. She's obviously coordinating with the Department of Justice and the special counsel, Jack Smith. We know this. She was directly asked if she was, and she said, I'm not discussing my investigation. That's a yes, and she's not discussing her investigation, which means she's been coordinating with Jack Smith. This is not only interference in a federal election. It's a bald face attempt to empower thousands and thousands of local and state prosecutors to decapitate the federal government. If there's a Republican candidate, if there's a Republican president. Just to decapitate it. More on that later. Now, in New York, what do we have? Let's not forget New York. We have a DA, a Soros DA, a Democrat DA. He breathes life into a case that was rejected ultimately by the prior D.A., another Democrat. And what is that about? Non-disclosure agreements. Non-disclosure agreements. It is a completely phony case. There's over 30 charges of federal crimes against the president of the United States. He takes misdemeanors, and they weren't even misdemeanors, but he takes them, turns them into felonies, makes these preposterous allegations And that's the first set of indictments. Every one of these prosecutors is conflicted. Alvin Bragg, a Soros prosecutor, a radical Democrat in Manhattan, and he ran on charging Donald Trump. Fannie Willis, a radical elected Democrat who's fundraising off the charges against Donald Trump for her next election. Jack Smith, a former top official in the Eric Holder Department of Justice, worked closely with him, with former FBI Director James Comey and his general counsel, Andrew Weissman, who's all over MSNBC spewing his stupidity. And of course, Smith's wife is a Democrat activist, an Obama sycophant, with a long record of prosecutorial abuses of process, that is, Jack Smith, pressuring and threatening witnesses, bankrupting criminal targets, leaking campaigns with friendly reporters, like Haberman over there at the New York Times, other news outlets, the Washington Post, CNN, and so forth. Now. Let's step back. This D.A. in Atlanta, as well as Jack Smith, what are they doing? What have they done? Alan Dershowitz wrote an important piece for the Daily Mail. Among other things, he says during the course of our challenges, this is Bush Gore. He was representing the people of Palm Beach County in that litigation. Many tactics similar to those employees in 2020 were attempted. Lawyers wrote legal memoranda outlining possible courses of conduct, including proposing a slate of alternate electors who would deliver our preferred election results to Congress. This is normal. In 2000, Florida state officials were lobbied to secure recounts in selected counties, in which we thought the tally would favor us. We were trying to find at least 600 votes that would change the result. The new indictment features Trump's phone call with Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger which was captured in an audio recording. In the conversation, Trump asks him to find 12,000 votes. In my mind, says Dershowitz, this call is among the most exculpatory pieces of evidence. Trump was entitled as a candidate to ask a Georgia state official to locate votes that he believes were not counted. Trump was told that in some of these Republican counties that the votes aren't in yet or they can't, you know, actually find the ballots and the votes. And he says, well, can't you find whatever it is, 11 or 12,000 votes? That's it. In 2000, attempts were made to influence various Florida officials to recount the votes. Now, the former president's request that Georgia's Speaker of the House reconsider the count is being considered as soliciting a public official to violate his oath. You understand the extent to which the criminal activity is the criminal activity of the Biden administration, the Department of Justice, Merrick Garland and Jack Smith. They are the criminals. Let's look at what Hillary Clinton did. Oh, I know the media hate to do this because the media are frauds. On freedom of the press, an entire book on what the media have done to this country. This is not a free press. This is a Pravda, Russia-type press. This is a a state press. This is a press that everything I'm telling you right now they will never discuss. They will never have an legal analyst on there discussing it. The people who watch these programs, even though they have very very small audiences. The big part of their audience, members of Congress, people in the White House, other press and influencers, that's their audience. That's their audience. As for these judges, judges are flesh and blood. They're human beings, too. And some of them are better than others. Some of them are radical activists, Democrats. Some of them are brilliant and objective. Unfortunately, Trump is getting most of the former. Entire book on that, too men in black. So what did Hillary Clinton do? She walks the country free. She's gaggling all over the place. She's getting into uh, friendly media. She's laughing about all these indictments. Hillary Clinton should be in prison for her entire life. Over 4,500 criminal statutes in the U.S. Code that exist today. The one mostly used, the ones are conspiracy, false statements, money laundering, obstruction, perjury, mail fraud, wire fraud, bank fraud, tax evasion. Hillary Clinton, To convict Clinton, it must be shown that she acknowledged that classified emails were contained on her private server. And they said the most recent tally by the State Department of their review of 30,000 Clinton emails indicates at least 671 emails sent or received by Clinton contained classified information. This fact stands in stark contrast to the statement she gave to reporters in July of that year when she said, I'm confident that I've never sent nor received any information, that was classified at the time it was sent and received. According to the October 16th Fox News report, the FBI is also looking to see if Clinton committed gross negligence under the Espionage Act for failure to keep national defense information safe. 18 U.S.C. 793. They're using that against Trump. Notably, the information doesn't necessarily have to be marked as classified to violate the statute. The article cited an intelligence community source who spoke on the condition of anonymity. The intelligence source said... The subsection requires the lawful possession of national defense information by a security clearance holder who, through gross negligence, such as the use of an unsecured computer network, permits the material to be removed or abstracted from its proper secure location. She even hired an IT purpose on her own, a person on her own dime who works for the uh, Department of State to handle the server. That's how much she didn't want anyone to know about the server. And by the way, that's a crime too. You're not allowed to subsidize uh, or receive Uh, private monies for doing what is a government job and that's sort of what he was doing for her at her request but nobody talks about that. She destroyed over 30,000 emails. They destroyed their cell phones. Nobody was dragged in front of a grand jury. There was no search done of her home for any other servers or information. Um, She did an interview. Uh, Her staff was permitted to be there. Her lawyers were permitted to be there. Her lawyers destroyed this information based on header information not substantive information. And she skates. And the Presidential Records Act that applies to Trump, which gives the president authority over documents like no other official in the government, including a secretary of state or an ex-secretary of state, she didn't have that defense. She didn't have that statute. Trump has that. And yet he's charged with 40 counts. And he's charged with a total of 91 counts from these three prosecutors. Now let's look at the Bidens quickly. You have a U.S. attorney stupidly appointed by Bill Barr, not a special counsel, who for five and a half years, five and a half years investigating Hunter Biden. During the course of the five and a half years, he allows the most significant tax violations to run, that is, outrun the statute of limitations. So good is he at this that Merrick Garland then appoints him a special counsel to give him more protection and more authority. Shortly after he's appointed a special counsel, another statute runs last week. Did you hear about that? Involving possible bribery. That one's now off the table. This guy created the sweetheart deal and he approved it until the judge stopped them. And now Hunter Biden's lawyer is saying, you know, this judge is biased. We need a new judge. That's the guy they pick. The Bidens are involved in bribery, extortion, money laundering, false statements, fraud, FARA violations, and more. No investigation of Joe Biden whatsoever. No grand jury. No U.S. attorney. No special counsel. No public integrity section. Nothing. And the man receives tens of millions of dollars. His family does, just because his family is so important. None of them have a real job. Not one of them. But they receive tens of millions of dollars from the communist Chinese over $31 million, according to Peter Schweitzer. Nearly $50 million, according to Congresswoman Mace. We don't even know it's so big. And he's the president of the United States, who was bought and paid for, as is his family. Not one investigation of Joe Biden. And Look what they're doing to Trump. Look how they're breaking the Constitution. Look how they're breaking the law.
2: One of the things that galls me most about the corrupt, lying communist agent and deep state operative Joe Biden is typified by the callous way he responded to the devastating wildfires in Maui last month, taking some two weeks off on vacation before deigning to make a brief stop in Maui and then jetting back to the U.S. mainland to continue vacationing at the Lake Tahoe mansion of radical left-wing former Democratic presidential candidate and billionaire Tom Steyer. This, for me, demonstrates Biden's utter contempt for the American people. And again, to me, Biden, like the disgusting Hillary Clinton, believes he is somehow entitled to rule over the common, that's us, common people, who he considers too stupid to know what's good for us which is our eventual enslavement and seizure of our personal wealth and property redistribution as our elites see fit for the supposed common good of the world's populations in some future world government. Correct me if I'm wrong about this, but I read that Tom Steyer made his fortune via a hedge fund that invested heavily in coal mines and power plants, the very things he wants shut down in this country, Primarily in China, that's where he invested, like, where there has been little, if any, environmental controls or concerns, as I pointed out earlier, to maximize pro- maximize profits for entities like Steyr's investing in China. And after having made all this money, what does Steyr do? He becomes yet another U.S. climate change nut, doling out huge amounts of money to various left-wing causes, including for the heavy environmental – I'm sorry, including for more – climate change, hysteria. But is this hypocrite Tom Steyer criticizing his masters in China about the heavy environmental pollution and devastation there? Not one word that I've seen. This for me is, again, so typical of the outrageous hypocrisy of our corrupt leftist political establishment, which, by the way, is solidly supported by so many of our corrupt rhinos, Republicans in name only, who are tied up with all this stuff. And getting money from China one way or another, you can count on that. It's being speculated that since the Maui wildfires destroyed primarily native property and land, while nearby billionaire and millionaire luxury homes remained largely untouched, these fires were secretly caused by directed energy weapons or something similar, or perhaps intentional neglect and dereliction of duty by local, state, and federal authorities. And there is speculation that there is a conspiracy afoot among the rich and powerful communist China and world government-worshipping world economic forum elites to take over the burned areas and turn them into some kind of utopian smart city as a model for future totalitarian control. After witnessing the 2020 and 2022 elections, I'm much more willing to entertain such conspiracy theories. Here's audio from the Maui Fire's about the Maui fires from a video posted by commentator Greg Reese on InfoWars.com. Please tell about five, please.
0: The blame for the fires of West Maui is falling upon Hawaiian Electric, who knew as early as four years ago that there was a risk of fire due to their own negligence in maintaining power lines. But they did nothing. Hawaiian Electric, who is owned by Vanguard and BlackRock, has been shifting their focus to clean energy. And in order to build back better, the old system must first be destroyed. And so the power was left on to feed the flames. The warning system on Maui is one of the most advanced and maintained warning systems on Earth. Residents are accustomed to monthly tests. But on the day of the fire, no sirens went off. There were no warnings. The director in charge of this warning system was at a FEMA disaster seminar in Oahu as the fires were devastating the people of Maui.
5: According to documents obtained by HNN Investigates, Ndaya was in Waikiki at the Alohalani Resort attending what was scheduled to be a three-day FEMA disaster preparedness seminar called the Pacific Partnership Meeting. A receipt from the hotel shows Andaya checked in last Monday, a day before the fire started. That same receipt lists a departure date of Wednesday, August 9th. The morning after, flames reduced the town to ash. According to Tuesday's agenda, the day wrapped up with a networking reception at the hotel's Longboard Club from 5 to 7 that evening, the same time people were running for their lives, trying to escape flames that engulfed the town.
0: When asked if he regretted not sounding the alarm, he said no, because he was worried that the people would run into the fire.
5: Do you regret not sounding the sirens?
1: I, I do not. Have you sounded the siren that night? We're afraid that people would have... Gone And if that was the case, then they would have gone into the fire.
0: But instead, they burned to death at home, including an untold number of children who were home alone that morning because of a school cancellation. The water wasn't on. Fire hydrants were dry. And the deputy director of water resource management, who was named an Obama Foundation leader, refused to release water for the West Maui fires until it was too late. He says that in order to share water, Hawaiians need to discuss equity.
3: Really, my motto is always like, let water connect us and not divide us. Like, we we can share it, but it requires true conversations about equity.
0: Without any warnings and without any water, the people tried to flee, but they were stopped by the police, who had orders to keep people from escaping.
1: I said, what are you doing? He goes, well, I'm under orders to keep them here. And I said, the fire is... Is right around Safeway. It's going to hit Front Street. You know, these people got to get out of here. And he said, like, I'm following order. No way. And I, so I just kept walking. Like, well, maybe he knows something I don't.
0: The Maui chief of police was the incident officer at one of the biggest cover-up operations in U.S. history, the 2017 Las Vegas shootings. No comment.
3: You have to look up one photo. No comment right now, guys. No
0: Thank comment.
3: You. I'm not talking you. to the chief, sir. Why doesn't he want to speak to the people me
0: to a camera? Residents are not allowed to leave unless they get a permission slip from the federal government. But the government recently decided to shut that option down.
1: Hey, just been that we are down this as
0: of now. <laughs> While the fires burned, a book was published about the entire event. The book blamed climate change and was written by a Dr. Miles Stones. The definition of milestone is an action or event marking a significant change or stage in development. Hawaii is being usurped by the same billionaires pushing for the World Economic Forum's Great Reset. They have been planning on turning Maui into a testbed for their artificial intelligence smart grid. But the people were in their way, so they burned them out. Maui will either be a major milestone for the ruling class or a line in the sand for we the people. The federal government offers a one-time payment of $700 to each family that has lost their home. And the governor of Hawaii tells reporters that the state plans on acquiring the land.
4: I'm already thinking about ways for the state to acquire that land so that we can put it into workforce housing, to put it back into families, or to make it open spaces in perpetuity as a memorial to people who were lost.
0: And if it wasn't for the local community, the survivors would be left alone to die in the ashes of their neighbors. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese.
2: And as far as I could tell before this broadcast, the last time I checked, there are still hundreds of people missing, possibly more, many of them children. As a result of the wildfires, where authorities still are claiming or were claiming, the last time I checked, that they don't know the exact number of missing. Meanwhile, news of the Maui wildfires and the shockingly inadequate government responses. From view of the public in the CCP aligned corporate mainstream media, as our leaders, including Joe Biden, self-righteously declare the wildfires were the result of climate change. For more on alternative news and theories about the Maui wildfire disaster, I recommend watching the Hustle Bitch channel on YouTube. That's H-U-S-T-L-E-Space B-I-T-C-H. The guy operating the channel has posted some very interesting videos about it and continues to do so that's all for another show as always we hope you found today's content of interest and value you can listen to a podcast of today's show when it's posted shortly on the jim benson show page here pages here at bbsradio.com look for us with another live show two weeks from now in this same time slot have a great day and rest of your have a great rest of your day and evening